I'm joined today by great trumpet player, Anthony Hervey. Um, man, there's not much to say. This guy is incredible. He's from South Florida. We met three or four years ago now at a Jazz Aspen Snowmass with Chris McBride, and man, blown me away ever since then. Um, he's just a beautiful human, a great guy, and um, always, always is so complimentary and, and you know, trying to just be a better version of himself. So, um, hope you enjoy today's episode. We're talking about trumpet, talking about music. We just talk about life in general and his uh, his journey as he's being uh, one of the young jazz musicians of today. All right, and I'm here with Anthony Hervey, the great trumpet player and evidently now uh, lighting engineer, <laughs> uh, shooting his videos. And what's what's going on, man? Are you up in the up in New York right now? Yes, I am. I'm up in the heights, and yeah, I'm doing well. Man, how does it uh, how does it feel to be up in New York? Because you're you are a Florida boy, like yeah. born and raised, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was born in Indiana, but I moved down to Florida when I was about five or six. So I'm definitely more of a Floridian. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to be in New York. I mean, the creative energy here, you know, is unmatched. So. I like being here, even though there are like very few gigs, it's still nice to just be around musicians and to just be, be in the city. So I'm enjoying it. Man, was it, uh, was it kind of surreal for you when you learned that you were going to like to Juilliard and like you were moving up to the city, like <laughs> with so much emphasis that people put behind the city and, and, and trying to do jazz and whatnot? It was a little crazy for me. Well, Juilliard has always been a place that I have wanted to go. Um, since high school. So I was always looking towards that. And so when I actually got in, I was like, you know, I was I was really happy. It, it kind of took a lot of stress off me. Yeah. And then as a jazz musician, you know, everybody wants to go to New York, you know, just because of, you know, the music. So, I mean, yeah, it was great. It, it was crazy. It was kind of like a dream come true. It, it was crazy that I got to be up here. Man, how did this like work out? Because if I remember right, um, you started music at a young age which i think is pretty common uh but you started specifically jazz at a young age too right like you were doing uh like the grammy band the next generation like when were you when did you kind of decide that this was going to be a thing that you wanted to take seriously oh man so it was really funny how i got started because I, I started playing when i was 11 now the thing is i really did not want to play trumpet um, i remember <laughs> i was going to sixth grade and my mom she told me, you know, you should play trumpet because her grandfather played trumpet. And so she always remembered, you know, him sitting down playing. So she thought it would be cool if I played. But you know, I'm just like, I just want to play basketball, watch TV and do normal stuff. <laughs> and so I really didn't want to do it. So I was reluctant in picking up the trumpet. Um, but then shortly after, um, I remember I was watching TV. I was just channel surfing and I came across this um documentary that was playing it was, it was like about blue note records and so i read the description and and i ended up clicking on it because it sounded interesting because considering i was just getting started in music and literally the second i clicked on that uh show there was a clip of freddie hubbard playing like the most burning solo on cantaloupe island and for me mm -hmm. i had never heard anything like that in my life so <laughs> yeah that 20 seconds literally changed my life that is the moment that i decided that i was going to take music seriously and i wanted to be a jazz musician and so after that i started practicing and 
trying to be the best that I could be. I was really serious about it from that point on. At the age of 11? Yeah. Man, that's not... Because I'm just like trying to think back to what I was doing at 11, and <laughs> I don't think it was ever <laughs> that kind of a decision that young, you know? <laughs> Man. Was there... Was there a moment where, uh, like, so you make that decision at 11, right? Yes. When was the moment, though, that you knew that this was going to be a legitimate possibility? When I was 11, <laughs> in that moment yeah, that I yeah. thought Freddie played. Because, man, I was just, I don't know, it was really inspiring to me. Like, I was so determined to be a jazz musician in that moment. And I was like, yo, I'm going to do whatever it takes to to make this happen. And, you know... Yeah. I used to want to be a basketball player, which is very unrealistic for me because I'm like five seven and not the most athletic. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, trumpet, you know, trumpet players are kind of short, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I felt like if I worked hard enough at it, you know, it could be something that was feasible. So I just practiced a lot. Man, I feel that. But hey, you know, it's not too late to do the basketball thing. I feel like there's <laughs> kind of a, there's definitely a ton of jazz musicians that like low key have a decent shot. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, certainly. That's why, like that's wild to just hear someone like be so, uh, solidified and, and confident at, at such a young age, you know? Yeah. How does it feel now? Cause you're what? 23. Yes. Okay. Is it a little surreal now to, to look back at it and be like, man, I'm 23. And this is where I'm at. You know, you got your master's from Juilliard now. Uh, what was it? three, four years ago is when you went to uh, Marciac with, with Wenton. Yeah, about three or four years ago, yeah. And, uh, you're just on that McBride's latest Big Bang record. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does, it, how does it feel kind of doing? Because I know part of you probably still feels, you know, really young, really wanting to learn, really eager, really mm -hmm. uh, uh, hungry still. For all of that, as I mean, everyone always is. But is it is it kind of? Do you have those moments where you sit there and think about it and you're like, damn? Um, definitely. I always like to go back to the past and to think about why I started playing, and then I like to, you know, see the things that I've done because it's. I think it's important to always be grateful for the things that you've done. So I, I'm I'm very thankful and grateful for a lot of the opportunities and things that I've been able to do because, <laughs> you know, I put in a lot of hard work and it's, it's important to always be grateful, I think. And <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe the, the things that I've done. Like Winton, he's been one of my, you know, he is honestly my absolute favorite trumpet player of all time. And yeah. so getting to play, I remember in high school, I just would listen to him because something about his playing just sounds like perfect. So to me, he was like always, you know, like the bar. So I would always listen to him and then I would practice and try to see if I could get somewhere close to that, which, you know, of course I, you know, I can't, but you know, <laughs> it was crazy that I actually got to play with him in Marciac because, you know, that was like everything's kind of came full circle. So I've been, you know, really happy to know and, and play with him. And then also McBride is someone I've listened to for a long time. And it was funny when I got to be on that record because um, I think it was actually a few years ago that we recorded it. And I remember Nabate, he couldn't, he had to leave at some point because he had something to do. So then I got a, a call kind of last minute and, you know, and they were like, Could, can you make this session? <laughs> and so I think I had classes at school that I was supposed to be in, but I was like, no, I can definitely make this session. So right, right, you dip in class. That. You you got yeah. this. 
That's why I got on the train, went over to New Jersey. And then I played on maybe three or four tunes for the session. It was just, you know, yeah, it's kind of funny how things happen last minute and then you just end up there. So I was on the the record and yeah, so that was really awesome. And another funny story with McBride, I remember one morning uh, I woke up and it was like a Saturday morning. I was up late the night before. And then uh, I get a call from his manager and he says, hey, do you happen to be in Florida at this time? And I wasn't. I was in my Juilliard dorm, like literally huh. in bed. <laughs> and then I just I'm like, um, wait a minute. Well, why, why do you ask that I'm in Florida? And then he says, well, you know, uh, Josh Evans, he's stuck in France right now. And we were wondering if you could make a gig with Nujan in so then I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> then I actually, I said, give me one second. And so the thing is, my grandmother, she worked for the airlines. And so huh. I actually fly standby a lot of the time on her buddy pass, you know? Yeah. And so I hit her up and I was like, yo, how are flights looking to Florida from New York? And so she looked it up and she said, the flights look good. And so I literally, I called him back and I said, hey, I think I can make it. I'm going to fly, try to fly standby to Florida. And so I literally just take a shower, throw on a suit, grab my trumpet, run outside, get in a taxi, head to head to LaGuardia. And then I ran through the airport. I'm literally running through the airport, running through TSA. Like, excuse me, excuse me, can I skip you? And then I'm like running to the gate and I made it, I think with three minutes to spare. And yeah, I got on the flight and then, yeah, I got to play with Nujan of Florida. So yeah. Like the hit was that night. Yeah. So that was hilarious. Man, that... <laughs> That's like, I think that might be the epitome of just, <laughs> you know, they like, they always say that you just got to be ready for when the opportunity comes. Oh yeah. Uh, and if you're ready, you're, you're ready. If you're not, you know, because there's so many people who very well, like they're playing could have been ready, but that kind of opportunity comes up and they're just like taking it back, you know? Yeah. Hey, can you fly across the country and play a gig in, in, in like, you know, 10 hours? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, yeah. I'm literally in my underwear, and I'm just like, right, oh, right, right, right. Again, and I just like throw on a suit and catch a cab, you know. Yeah. Man, that's that's wild, man. So, you know, it's now that you say it, and I'm sure we talked about this before, but that like Winton's your number one guy. That makes sense though, because I feel like his playing is so uh, vocally driven. Mm-hmm. And yours is also kind of the same. Like, where did where did you pick up on that, man? Like, how is your throat not just scratchy all the time? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, actually, I love singing. That's something I kind of do on the side. I, I literally sing every day. I wake up, get my coffee, make my oatmeal, and then I'm just like humming and singing. So I actually low-key shed vocals a little bit. I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah, I see you with um, those Hervey sessions. I, I see you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, come rain or come shine, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, for some reason, I don't know why, but the voice to me, you know, it, it really registers with me. So I feel like I actually listen to more vocalists than I do trumpet players. Yeah. Or especially lately, I, I've been listening to a lot of vocal, vocals like Nat King Cole, uh, Nancy Wilson, uh, Lou Rawls. I, I listen to a lot of them, and I think that actually inspires uh, trumpet playing so and also i've been focusing on my sound a lot in the past few years and i think you know i've been trying to intentionally have more of a vocal like quality to the sound so i like holding a lot of long notes i focus on vibrato and the lyrics are really important to me when i play so that's just kind of something that i've been trying to make a part of my concept even i think it's really cool when you have people say like 
Louis Armstrong, who's like such a great trumpet player, but then he also has the singing thing. Right. But it's also interesting because to me, I feel like the singing and the trumpet playing actually mirror each other in the case of like someone like a Louis Armstrong or a Chet Baker, you know, right. I think right. it's kind of cool. So I, can, I guess I'll try to get to the same thing. Yeah. 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 No, that, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think, I think the times that you, that you feel like you're, uh, like can be more vocal are the times where you feel better playing. Cause if it's not, then it's, it's, it's like a technical, uh, you know, burden to try, try and overcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. So like, again, just going back to this. So at 11, you knew that this was it. How was mm-hmm. that, uh, growing up, you know, cause like you have a different sense of, uh, purpose in middle school and high school at that point compared to maybe, you know, other kids on the block or whatnot. How was that for you? Like, did you did you run into that issue staying uh, focused? Because you also went though to Dreyfus, or was it Dillard? No, no, I went to Dillard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say, man, when I started, when I heard jazz, because the thing is, I had never heard anything like that in my life. Like, you know, I had grown up listening to Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, yeah. and then like all that two thousands music, anything they had on like MTV or one hundred six or Park. Like that was basically my childhood musically. Right. And then when I heard jazz, I mean, I don't know. I had never heard anything like that. But I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it just made me feel a certain way. And there was so much depth in it. Like, it's like you hear it, but then there's so much more in there. And so whatever that was, I was like, I don't know. It, it honestly kind of changed me as a person. Because after mm-hmm. that, I actually had a focus and a passion. Um, and it, it's interesting, too, because I feel like when I was in middle school and uh well not so much middle school but more so in elementary school and maybe the early parts of middle school you know i always wanted to be like everybody else like have the nikes and the jordans or whatever whatever everybody else was doing and listening to that's what i wanted to do and then when i started playing jazz it kind of i realized that there was a lot of value in yourself and like i kind of just stopped doing what everybody else did i just started listening to jazz and trying to figure that out and it's kind of interesting it kind of changed my whole path and direction it gave me a a path, I'd say. Do you uh you know, thinking about that, right? And you like you 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 got this path and whatnot, where would you say that you are now? Like is it still uh very focused on jazz in a traditional sense, or have you found yourself uh musically exploring into other things? Like what what would you define as the Anthony Hervey sound? <laughs> well, Loaded question, I know, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always loved music my entire life. Music is something that just registers with me. Even before I played music, it could always make me feel a certain way or give me goosebumps. So I think I've always had a sensibility towards that. But no music has impacted me like jazz has. And so when I play jazz music, I'm not so much concerned with Playing it in a traditional sense, I, I'd say I try to embrace the full history of the music. And I mean, I listen to a lot of music. I think I'll probably listen to a lot of stuff that most people, like I've listened to like everything. I've, I've listened to anything I can find, but jazz is kind of my bread and butter. That's what I really love. Yeah. So my thing is I want to make that, I want to make people see that it's relevant to today and to, I guess, maybe find a, a modern way of of swinging and just bringing that to people today. How do you do that? Because to me, you know, there, there are specific, um, 
like there's musicians I can listen to and I appreciate and I recognize that they are like bad, you know, like they're they're killing. But then there's like another set of musicians that that to me it, it they they just bring that little extra thing, you know, like that little extra thing that even if you aren't a musician, you're checking them out, like you can feel what they're doing. So how, like when you're working on that stuff and you're you're like okay man I gotta go lead a gig or like I'm writing something. Like, how do you focus on making sure that it's going to uh, be just as impactful with, you know, a manual that, that you're with at school or, oh, yeah. or, or your bandmates or, you know, the person at the at the gig that just got off at nine to five? Mm-hmm. Man, Emmanuel, his album, his album was really great. I, I spent a lot of time listening to that. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, yeah, we were both in the same grade. So we used to we used to be in the same classes. So it's really interesting to see the work that. He's done. Honestly, I feel like there were a lot of younger jazz musicians or people like around my age who, or even Gifton, you know, like his, his record. And, you know, I feel like they have really clear concepts and, you know, so it's going to be interesting, you know, a few years from now to see what people are doing. Right. Right. And, you know, so I I think honestly, you can't really help it because, you know, if you were born in say 1996 and 1999, I mean, your experiences are of this time and your music is going to be a reflection of that. Or I think if you're honest with yourself, so I think the challenge is just being honest with yourself and what you really want to do and say musically thinking about that. And then just trying to do that as you work on your, your songs and as you just go through working out your music every day, or even just practicing, you know, just thinking about those things. And so I'm always, I'm always thinking when I'm writing, like, you know, how would somebody I try to actually listen to music as if I'm not a musician. Sometimes I try to listen to music as if I'm just a person listening to music. And it's like, how do I feel about this? Or how does this sound? Um, I try to I like to ask people who aren't musicians what they think about music. Yeah. And just how they hear how they hear stuff and pick their brains. Because it's always interesting to hear what they listen for, or how something hits them. Yeah. Um, do you um you you know thinking about that right and and how it hits non musicians because I think to us there's a uh, like obviously obviously we we really think jazz matters a lot and we right. think it's really important. Um, have you ever like why do you think there's the 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 popular notion of jazz as it is you know because I was talking with. Isaiah Thompson the other day and whatnot. And, and he was like, man, if, if you really start to think about it, it, it could be like the brunt of a lot of jokes, you know, and it's not men in, in insult, you know, but there, there's always a notion that people are more told that they're not going to like it. Yeah. See, my feeling is I feel like most people, they actually would probably like jazz, but they just don't know that they like it because, you know, you might've heard something bad about it. And then I think sometimes like in the jazz community, a lot of times we argue over like the names of things. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a small argument within our community. But then when you look at people on the outside of that community, which is much larger, like they, I feel like they have no clue like about all the things that we're like arguing about or talking about. But like, like for me, I never, nobody told me to listen to jazz. Like, you know, I just heard it and I just happened to like it. And I was like, yo, this is great. You know, so I, I think. A lot of times people actually do like the music. They just don't know that they do. And and also I feel like the spectrum of what you can get 
and music is very different. You know, you could listen to one jazz artist and it's one thing. Then you listen to somebody else and it's a very different thing. Right. And so you got, I think you also have to find just what you like. Cause like Christian McBride is very different than say like Ambrose. It was just, oh yeah. You know, it's like two different worlds. And then there's like a lot of stuff in between or, you know, so I think different people have different things that they like in general. But where do you think like those different things, you know, because obviously even for us, Ambrose is very different from Ben Wendell, which is very different from McBride, which is very, you know, from whomever. Yeah. Um, how much then do you, because I feel like you tell that to someone, right? I mean, the argument comes up of like, well, am I doing what I want to do artistically or am I doing what I need to do to to appease the the crowds or whatnot? And I think a lot of people yeah. then misconstrue that stuff as like, you know, um, oh, they're just trying to do whatever they can to make make a gig. You know, like cats uh down talking like Chris Bodie or something. When like the cat can mm-hmm. the cat can play and that's just what he wants to do. Right. So where's that balance for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people have different concepts of music. So yeah, I don't I don't like to critique um other people for what they do because I think you know, everybody has different experiences and things that inform their music and ways of thinking about music. And so, you know, that's all you can do at the end of the day is what you, what you're going to do and what you, you know. So I think it's important to just kind of really be honest with, you know, your experiences and how that transfers into your music. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I think it's just tough sometimes for people to to grasp because you know in combination of that like just the fact of like needing to make bread uh Mm -hmm. but also sometimes i think people get too caught up in that game of of comparing themselves to the greats you know Uh, like why don't i sound like when or why don't i sound like you know (laughs) brown or what you know and just recognizing that you are you yeah you know i remember i i asked um, Ambrose a question, something like that about like sound. And I remember he told me that, you know, your whole life, you're going to be studying the music and listening to the greats. But because of that, it's kind of set from the beginning to develop your own sound and work on your own individuality within music because, and not, I mean, and outside of music, you know, because really who you are is is more important than how you sound. And the way you sound is a reflection of who you are, you know. So I think it's actually set from the beginning to develop your own sound. Because like if when you listen to music, when you check out Thelonious Monk or Duke Ellington or Louis Armstrong, like those are all like individuals, like very interesting right. people. Or Miles Davis, you know, you could go on right. and on. So I think what's important is, you know, what are you bringing to the table? Man, and then outside so, of music, you know, what are you bringing to the table? Like, you you know, you talked about basketball a little bit, but like, how do you stay sane? Because, you know, we can only practice so long a day. You know, what else yeah. What else are you doing to stay sane? What are you doing when you find yourself putting the horn down? Oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And also because I'd say I have a lot more time on my hands uh, considering the current right, state of right, the world right. with COVID and everything. And I feel like, there's so much coming at us at once. So a lot of times in the mornings, that time is really crucial for me. So I try to actually limit um, what comes at me. So a lot of times I don't check my phone early in the morning. I don't check my emails. 
Uh, the first thing I do early in the morning is I just make coffee and oatmeal and I just like hum and sing. I don't turn on any TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I just like to use my morning. I think it's important to have time where you just start reading and thinking and even meditating or, or things like that, but just where you don't have a lot of external stimuli and where you just have time to think. So the first half of my day is, you know, I don't turn on the news until about like maybe two o'clock or later. And I try to limit because <laughs> if you watch that all day long, I mean, it'll drive right, you crazy. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's important, you know, to remember, you know, you, you may be a musician, but then also you are a person. So, so that because I think sometimes you can't you can get wrapped wrapped up in practicing and whatnot. And, you know, but it's important to also maybe sometimes just go see a movie or just do something unrelated to music or, you know, just read a book or something. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of hobbies. I was even thinking about uh, painting the other day. Like I'm probably going to get um, a canvas and some paint and just start working on that. But I'm always like checking out different things. Even the singing, I think honestly, I got a little bit tired of playing trumpet because like there are certain things that I need to do to play trumpet well every day. So I do that. But then after that, it's like, well, uh -huh. <laughs> now what I would do. So I think that's why I partially picked up like singing because it's another way for me to express uh, myself musically, you know, or playing the piano. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. So do you, um, you know, I think some people, uh, get so caught up in the instrument because it's a hard thing to do, mm -hmm. you know, whatever instrument it is. I mean, some can claim that some are harder than whatever, you know, the instrument is a hard thing to tackle. Um, but I think more so, especially in this music, because that's what, you know, that's what I can talk directly about. There's a lot of like work and growth you got to do on yourself before you can get past the other side on the instrument. And how, right. how have you worked th mm -hmm. through that? You know, cause it's like, again, man, you're, you know, you're 23 and not to mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, you're grown, like you're an adult, you know, <laughs> but like, we're still young, but there's like a very much a sense of like emotional maturity that goes into to this music and, and to be uh, genuine and, and vulnerable enough to try and get emotions out of a trumpet, you know, how did you, how mm -hmm. did you um, focus on that side or, or just come to an understanding with mm -hmm. that side? That's a really good <laughs> question. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, the, for, for me, I remember, I really wanted to work on my sound like for the past maybe two years, I was, I felt like my sound was a little incomplete or I, I felt like I wasn't necessarily getting to the point where I, I wanted to be. Um, and Winton, he's one of my favorite, you know, artists. I love his sound. And so I remember talking to him. We, we spent a lot of time talking about sound and the thing that he does, he does this really hard long tone exercise every day where he, he basically holds, he plays a note from, he plays middle G down to low F sharp, and he holds each note as long as he possibly can. But then, like, behind the note, there are, like, three things that you're kind of thinking about. So the first thing is you want to you wanna start in the center of the note with a clear air attack, and you want to achieve the biggest sound at the softest possible mm. volume. And then, then you want to maintain that sound throughout the duration of the note. And, you, and then the third thing is you want to keep that until the note diminishes. But the thing is, when you're doing that long tone, you want to get 
to the truest place that you can possibly get. Like everything that your sound is should be in that long tone. So I think as far as technically working on something that has changed my sound, I, I think that exercise has probably been one of the biggest. And, you know, also, I feel like a lot of people, you can practice something, but I feel like the difference is always in the details and the way you go about thinking about what right. you're practicing. So honestly, a lot of my practice sessions, it's not so much a lot. I spend a lot of time thinking like I just stop and then I just think about what I'm doing or what it is that I'm trying to do. And then I play. I spend a lot of time stopping, starting and like thinking. But I think the details are really important and just how much. Yeah, how, how much you focus on that. And then also, I think your life, you know, impacts the way you sound, too. So I think it's important to deal with yourself, which is a lifelong thing. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, no, by no means was I expecting you to have all the answers. You know, it's a, it's a tough <laughs> thing, but you know, it just kind of clicked for me too, that, uh, you know, you're talking about meditation in the morning, man, long tones are, are basically meditation to some degree, you yeah. know? Yep. It, it's totally a meditation. Focus in your mind totally. and, and, and just, uh, cause I know like, like that point, and I don't know if, if everyone knows what you mean when like finding that, that core, but you, like where the note like resonates. Like truly, and that yeah. I mean that some days that's just not going to happen. <laughs> but doing what you can. Yeah. So what are you what are you yeah. doing now? Like you've been writing a bunch more, right? I write a lot of music. Yeah, I'm I'm always writing music. Lately, I, I feel like I haven't. I, I've also just I learn a lot of songs. I write a lot of music. That's just kind of a hobby for me. It's something I I'm doing yeah. like every day. So, and it's interesting. Uh, during this quarantine, I've had a lot more time. So it's kind of great because I find myself writing stuff that I wouldn't typically write, like if I didn't have as much time. Like when I was in school, you know, I had a lot of responsibilities and things to do. So I, if I wrote something, it was normally for a very specific right. purpose. So now I've just been writing, like I wrote a trumpet quartet uh, recently. I, mean, I don't know if it's sure, going to get sure, performed. Sure. I mean, but why not? Like, and I even wrote a, like a big map piece. Like I've just been doing things that I wouldn't typically do to challenge myself. Um, I was never really one to use like garage band and like all that stuff. So I've been experimenting with that more as <laughs> I actually just got a microphone, uh, maybe around like May. And so that has been really fun in the learning process for me, just learning how to operate that. And that's kind of opened up a whole bunch of, uh, doors for me. And just, it's a whole new thing that I never really got into. Which I'm for glad you is writing a, um, you know, oh, okay, I got this idea, go jot it down. Or are you more of a person where you set aside a certain amount of time a day to go writing? Because I know some people prescribe to that thought of like, you need to treat it just yeah. like you do any other practice, you know, because if you just wait for the ideas, uh, it, it never is going to show up, you know, or at least a complete one never will. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I'd say I'm more sporadic when it comes to writing my own songs. Like I have a lot of ideas that I'm like working through, but yeah. some of them aren't finished. But the thing is, for me, I find that normally I when I get a really good idea, like I know I have a good idea. And then once I have that uh, great idea, that little nugget, then I just develop it because then I know where it should go. So for, for me, songs, they kind of come out of like stories or concert. All my songs are basically a lot of them have stories behind them, or they're about certain people. So I, for me, that's kind of more what pushes me. Um, and then I try to just deal with like maybe 
one or two ideas and I just work them and develop them until I feel that they're complete, which they may, maybe they'll never be complete, uh-huh. but <laughs> has, that, has that always so been a thing for you Re- yeah. relating music to, to tangible things, meaning, you know, writing a song about a particular person, writing something about a particular thing. Yeah, that's just kind of how, that's just kind of how I, I think about music. Um, like, cause I feel like it's easier to relate to a story. Like if somebody's telling you a story and it's like, okay, I get this story to me, that, that means more. And then you can, you know, that means something different to you based on your experience. Um, so I like to, like, I wrote a song about, you know, my grandmother called Smoky Cloud and she, she passed away when I was two, but I still have a memory of her. And so when I think of her, I think of her sitting in a rocking chair and she used to smoke, she smoked cigarettes a lot. So I think of her sitting in a rocking chair smoking this cigarette, but then I also remember just how much of a loving person she was. And she like loved the mess out of me. You know, she called me, she used to call me BB uh, for bad boy because I was like a really bad two year old. I was right. probably like right, the worst. Right. <laughs> but so I, you know, I wrote a song about her. Like I, to me, that, that is a lot more personal and than just like writing something about something random. Or like uh, one train, I wrote a song about, I spent a lot of time on the one train going to Juilliard because the one train is right by 66th mm. and Broadway. So, you know, I just wrote a song about that. So that I'm kind of more inspired by things that are happening around me. And I feel like a lot of times today, you know, people are so into the phones. Like if you're on the train, every like literally it's funny. Everybody is looking at their phone and like anything, like nobody looks at each other or is having conversations most of the time. And it's easy to get wrapped up in that. And, you know, I think it's interesting when you put the phone down for a second and just look around you and see what's happening. So I try to be um, really aware and present just when I'm out and I, I pay a lot of attention. How are you doing? How are you doing now in light of everything? Because obviously, you know, uh, it is now November. Uh, COVID is not over, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, I'm sure it's a little weird because you were doing all these things to, quote unquote, advance your career, you know, you know, like that's what we learned to do. We learned the hustle. Like you don't stop, you just do it. And now you're kind of forced to stop in some ways, you know, and having to redesign what that hustle is. Like, what what are you, what are you doing? How are you not going, how are you not going insane? You know? (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) man. Every day, every day, I like I'm dealing with that, and I'm like, yo, man, I gotta stay sane somehow. Cause I, I feel like it's hard to create if you know if you're always worried about, man, what am I gonna do just to pay rent? You know, it's, it's a lot to deal with. So all of those things that every musician is struggling with, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with all of those on some level, you know. But you know, the way I feel about it is, it's just, you know, the only thing you can control. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control the way you react to it. So I try to be as productive as I possibly can. Uh, definitely playing and creating that kind of helps me stay, stay sane. I mean, last, literally last November was probably the busiest month huh. of my life. Cause I was, I remember I was doing a, I was filming for this thing, this Monsterland thing for Hulu. And then I was in school and then I had all these gigs on top of that. So it was like the busiest month. And now this is like the least busiest yeah. month of my life. Uh, you know, but I try to just make sure I keep creating. Um, if I'm really feeling, I'm a very open person. So if I'm, you know, really struggling with something just in my mind, like I talk to my mom because she always kind of keeps me grounded. 
And so I think it's actually great that we took a pause. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's also sad, you know, because a lot of people, you know, were affected by this virus. And, you know, that, I mean, that's really tragic. But I, I think it was nice to take a breath. I, I got to spend six months with my family in Florida, which is probably, you know, more time right. than I'll ever right. get to spend with my family again, you know, so I, I don't take that for granted. I'm really grateful for that time I got to spend with them. And I actually feel like that kind of strengthened me in a way, you know, just going home to my family. Was it weird to be um, like grown back in your parents' house to an extent, you know, where it's like, you know, you're coming in to be an adult, <laughs> they are adults and you're just like, Oh wait, hold on. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the little kid on the block, you know, again in here. Yeah. It's a little weird. Cause I like New York. Cause you know, I, I just, go where I want to go. I do what I want to do. And then at home, it's like, Anthony, where are you going? Where, where you know, why are you yeah, taking yeah, this yeah. car? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Hey, I'm just going for a walk. You know, why do I have to tell right. you I'm going for a walk? You know? <laughs> you know, and maybe in that sense, it's, it was a little strange, <laughs> but it, it was also just nice, you know, being around my family. I, I, you know, I, overall, I, I enjoyed it. And also just, you know, getting to spend time with, you know, friends from Florida that I hadn't seen in a while. You so know. for for you, man, what like musically what's going on? I know you got these sessions that are happening, like the, the videos are going out and correct me if I'm wrong. You started teaching more recently, too, right? Yeah, I, I teach lessons online. From, How do you like that? Or have yes. you always been teaching? Yeah, I, it's something I always kind of enjoy. I remember when I was in. High school, I mean, I didn't necessarily charge people for lessons, but like, I, I always enjoy helping people. So like in high school, I would always be just working with trumpet players, even if it's like helping them learn a scale or something. And I, I feel like it's really important. And also, uh, Mr. Dorsey, he was the band yeah. director um, at Dillard. And a big part of his thing, a lot of times he would have the students lead the class, you know, so it's kind of each one teach on that concept was kind of a big thing there. So he wanted the students to like, be not only be great musicians, but be good teachers. So I've kind of been exposed or been, been put in positions where I had to teach early on. So, I mean, it's something that I'd say kind of comes a little bit natural for me. And it's something I kind of enjoy doing. If I can tell you something or give you some information that helps you with um, trumpet or music or improvisation or anything you're working on. So it's kind of fun. Man, I, I can hear that. To me, it's always been that moment where it's like, do I really know what I'm talking about? You know, like, do I really actually, cause it's, they always end up asking a question and you're like, damn, I didn't think oh, yeah. about that. You know, let yeah. me, let me recollect my thoughts here for, for a second, you know? Yeah. That's the great thing. Cause it's kind of a learning process uh, for both of you. I get, you know, it's, it's I learn a lot from my students, especially, I mean, all, all my students, like younger students, the older students. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot that I've learned from just being a teacher, which is kind of nice, you know? And then it makes you think about certain things that, you know, you didn't think about. And it's like, oh, well, do I really know what I'm talking about with this? You know? Yeah. So, it's just, it's coming yeah. full cycle too. And then that, that it's funny too, because then you have those moments where you're, where like you were the student and you're, you know, your teacher said something, you're like, man, I, yeah, I know they really don't know what I'm asking right now. And then you have those moments where you're like, oh sure. man, I got to try and cover. Yeah. You know, right now, someone brings in some excerpt. And you're like, wow, really? Okay. Have you listened to this? Like, let's listen to this right now. You know? Yeah. Man, <laughs> well, look, I, yeah. I uh, appreciate chatting with you today, man. I hope all stays well. You know, keep uh, keep singing. Keep working on the lights. I'm very excited to oh, see yeah. the light game. 
uh, we'll, we'll see when that hey. comes around and everything. And, uh, you know, keep safe, keep, keep playing and, and, and keep, uh, keep doing you, you know? Yes, we'll do it. Thank you. <laughs>